Apex friends and neighbors of the Peak City Podcast. I'm Shane Reese, and as always, we welcome anyone who lives in or outside of Apex. We're proud to have the support of the Apex Downtown Business Association. You can learn more about the ADBA by visiting apexdowntown.com. And today we'll hear from two great folks just a mile from historic downtown Apex, Nathan Poissant and Ken Mahalski, co-founders of Southern Peak Brewery. Ken and Nathan, thanks for coming by. We appreciate you having us. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll get to your brewing here in a moment, but first, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Where are you guys from? What were your careers before you launched the brewery and how you guys become friends? So originally from uh, Southwest Virginia, just north of Roanoke, small town called Troutville. Our families, uh, we kind of all grew up together and uh, our families all went to the same church. So Nathan and I have known each other for 25 years now. What about our own ways? I, I went to BCU in Richmond. Uh, Nathan was up in D.C. for some time, but um, I think Nathan relocated for here before I did about 10 years ago. And then um, I came down about eight years ago. Jobs brought us down. Actually, the same company. Well, I did it up till the end of November. I was an environmental account manager. So worked for an environmental sales account management. So Nathan did the same thing for a while and then moved on to other projects. Yeah. So like Ken said, uh, moved here back in about 2005, 2006 in the uh, the environmental service thing, and then moved on to uh, project management in various industries up until about July of this year when I was able to quit my career position to actually um, do the brewery full-time, so it's been good. And Nathan, you started brewing at home first, is that correct? Yeah, correct. So not long actually after I moved down here, I uh, started home brewing about 2006, so just over 10 years now, and then introduced it to Ken and Got him excited and interested in the process and everything it took to make beer. When did you guys know that you were onto something? When did you know that you were producing something that people were drawn to? You know, I mean, I can imagine that there's probably quite a few home brewers out there who you know, maybe had some trials and errors. Maybe they went ahead and gave up and said, hey, let me go back to uh, the craft beer shop or let me go down to Southern Peak, you know, sure. or, uh, or some people who say, you know what, I'm, I made a few batches. I really enjoy it. And, you know, I had a couple friends, I, you know, shared some with them and they thought it was okay. But I mean, for you guys, that had to have been something where people probably said, man, this is really good. And so when did you know that you were onto something? And then what was it that allowed you guys to take that leap and build a startup? Yeah. So uh, I started putting together a business plan probably about six years ago, trying to say, hey, if this is something we, we really think we can do, uh, you got to start putting it down on paper, right? It's one thing to say you want to do it, and it's completely different once you start doing all the research and everything that goes into it. So, yeah, put, started putting together a uh, business plan six years ago, kind of pitched it to Ken, got him interested in it, and then uh, we started having kids, so it kind of put the brakes on everything. <laughs> um, anybody out there with, with kids knows that, right? So I have two little boys. Ken has one. So took a break from it, honestly, for probably about two years, and then uh, got serious back into it, saying, okay, this is where the market is now. Um, it's funny when you do step away from something for even a year or two, at least for this area, how vast of a change the craft beer market has has gone through over the last you know six seven years. Right um, when we first moved here, there was only a couple of breweries, and and now there's quite a few breweries. Right, so uh, we looked at the business plan, kind of reevaluated the market, and knew we had to do something different than what we were doing. So also during that time. A lot of the guys that I'd been homebrewing with, new through homebrewing, started becoming either head brewers at breweries or starting their own breweries, right? So it was also kind of a, a kick in the butt, so to speak, to, okay, let's let's reevaluate where the market is, and, and this is something we really think we can do. 
So you sketched out a plan to set up a brewery. Uh, you had your grand opening in summer of 2016. You actually had, I presume, a soft launch in April. And pretty much out of the gate, you guys go to the U.S. Open Beer Championship and win two silver medals. Uh, that had to give you some affirmation that you guys were on the right track. You guys, I'm sure, probably, I mean, you guys are humble guys. But you know, tell us, what is it that, that separates your beer that makes people want to come sure, and, I, and uh, I'm- enjoy it? Well, part of it goes back to what we were trying to create too with a brewery, right? Thinking we had an idea for who our market was, but taking the approach to our beers is a very trying to be a very drinkable beer. Yes, you can get everything into it that you want to from a craft standpoint, making sure you're getting the full flavors, making sure you're getting different flavors, but also still make it very drinkable. So I think from our, our whole philosophy and, and approach to the beers that we make is from a, a drinkable and approachable standpoint. Yeah, dude. I mean, you go back to, when you ask her a question on how we kind of knew we were onto something before we even probably opened up, obviously we brewed and uh, we'd have family events together. So we had large family events and some of your toughest critics are right. your family, right? So the wife telling you, it's not very good. I'm right. not drink it. Or it's but that's very- good feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. all that's good feedback. So yeah, that's how I think. And then with us landing where we were, again, in a neighborhood, family environment, yeah, we want to make craft beer, but you also want to have a drinkable beer. Right. And the two with the, the silver medals, one's the alt beer, the, the Germantown. Mm-hmm. That's a nice light beer. It's it's very drinkable, but you get that malt forward where you're you're definitely getting more to the beer, but it's still very drinkable. And then even with the Baltic Porter, you know, most Porters, Porters can be a heavy beer. You get all the characteristics from a Porter, but it's it's lagered out. So it's got a nice finish to it. So it's, it's a little easier for people to, to finish up with. So it's been great for us. So. Now, you guys put a lot of emphasis on the neighborhood brewery, which is really cool, you know, because I hear people already talk about how great that is, you know, knowing that Southern Peak is is right here. Why did you choose Apex? What makes Apex the place for you to launch your brewery? So we focus on Apex because uh, we just love the the area, love the downtown area. It's just, it's awesome to come down, hang out, shops. You definitely get the community feel. That's what we wanted to, to focus on was the community feel of the taproom. So when we opened up the brewery. It was uh, we were very focused on obviously making good beer, but then our model was to open up the tap room and have a lot of focus on it, make it a place where people can come in, sit down, enjoy the environment, enjoy a good craft beer. So that's where our main focus was, and that's you know it kind of goes with what Apex offers. I mean, we just want to be an extension of that, mm-hmm. right? With our craft beer, right? Yeah, it's a it's a Ken's point. I mean, growing up in a, a smaller town ourselves, right? So. My wife and I, we've been here since 2008, love the feel of downtown, love the quaint feel of it, and to Ken's point of trying to be an extension of that. So we knew when we found a location we did in a neighborhood, literally the sidewalk comes right up to our front door. Uh, we knew that was something that we wanted to be part of and, and to establish. Yeah. So back to the beers, when you're experimenting with new brews, what's the process for determining whether it's a beer that takes that next step, you know, when you say, you know, this one is special, this one's ready for the tap room. Uh, you talked earlier about some of that, you know, tough love and that good feedback you get from family. Is that your starting point? How does that work? Uh, it depends on the style, right? So if it's something completely out of my comfort zone, we do, we have a pilot system that we do uh, utilize. If it's something that, okay, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think I can put something together and make a good beer, but still some uneasiness to it. We'll do a pilot batch of it kind of test the market that way but uh, for example we just did a wheat beer an old style called a uh, cot booster which is kind of a an old forgotten style from germany but we had so many requests uh, from our customers hey let's 
are you guys going to make a wheat? Are you going to make a wheat? Well, personally, I'm not a huge fan of wheats uh, just due to the, the yeast that's used in it, which gives you that banana flavor. But we said, okay, hey, this is a, an interesting style. It was something that, we, that sparked our interest. It fits some of the German styles that we already do anyway. So if we we're going to do a wheat, we want to do it our way, right? Mm -hmm. So rather than doing a pilot batch of it, I just did a bunch of research on it, put something together, said, yeah, we think this could be good. Have some familiarity with the yeast because it's a clean fermenting yeast and said, hey, let's just scale it up and, and let's see see what the feedback is. Yeah. So it's kind of two sides to it. Right? Let, let's talk about a few of these brews that you have and you went ahead and launched and many of them pay homage to Apex, uh, including your Peak City Golden Lager, your 1911 Black Lager that's hearkening back to the the fire that ripped through uh, downtown right. and, and decimated the town in 1911. And even one of your silver medal winners is named Midnight Conductor, I presume. That's a nod to Apex's railroad Correct. history. Uh, now, you divide these into the Village Series and the Heritage Series. Talk about them for a minute and uh, and, and those individual brews. Yeah, so uh, maybe, maybe for some breweries, getting names is a very easy thing. Uh, for us, I, I would say it's, it's not exactly the easiest process, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, uh, again, being part of the community, right? Trying to pay tribute to Apex with with some of those names. And a lot of people that come here, right, there or that live in Apex, they're not from the area, right? right? We're we're transplants, there's yep. many transplants in the area, right? right. So, uh we've actually sparked up quite a few conversations uh within the taproom of what is 1911, yeah. right? Or what is Puffing Devil, you know, the first steam-powered locomotive. Same thing with Midnight Conductor. Um so it's a good conversation piece as well if you're able to tie into some type of history, and especially if it is something within the town that you're in. So we do try to uh, tie into Apex. Uh, we do just try to do some random names as well, but uh, definitely do want to you know harken back yeah. to, to Apex and the town that we're in. Yeah. So I've got a question for you. What's your best seller? And then for each of you, uh, if somehow you're stranded on an island somewhere and somehow you have a cold tap, which beer do you have with you? So first, what, what's your best seller? What's most popular in the tap uh, room? Our Puffing Devil IPA, okay. uh, both within the tap room and uh, for distribution, is definitely the, the number one seller. We have a, quite a few that are all close seconds, but Puffing Devil, it seems consistently since day one, has been the, the number one, and especially the feedback that we get outside of the tap room. Um, as far as if I only had one cold tap, it's almost like you know asking which kid would you rather <laughs> have with you, right? But I honestly, for me, it would probably depend on the season. Yeah. Um, uh, but Puffing Devil, uh, that's definitely uh, near and dear and close to my heart. Putting together, you know, what you feel is a, a good IPA recipe is not not the easiest thing because there's so many great examples out there, right? So Puffing Devil definitely be up there for me. Uh, if not, either the uh, the Midnight Conductor or Old Town. I think those are my three. How about you, Ken? So uh, mine would be the Puffing Devil, hands down. It's just a great beer, and it's actually, you know, a lot of breweries have have a good IPA. There's a ton of IPAs out there. And we did quite a few IPAs and, um, you know, both of us were kind of collaborating back and forth and not landing on it and having says on, say on recipes. It was kind of something that I feel like it molded us because I remember saying to Nathan, I'm like, man, we got to do something different. We're both putting an input, but at one point it's like, look at Nathan, just like, come up with a recipe, come up with something different. I'll leave you alone with it. You get it. And, mm. uh, and not much after that, he, he's like, all right. I'll take this, and uh, he found something good with the citrus and galaxy hops. It's, it gives you a lot of citrus in the, and grapefruit in the beer. It's a, it's an awesome beer, and um, I think it's something that it set our foundation. Right. A any business as you go and open up, yeah. there's your many, flagship, right? Many different things you got to do, and uh, who's going to do what? But that was one of the things that was just Nathan took the hands on it and wrote that recipe. It was, it was a great beer, 
it's definitely different than uh, the most. I mean, there's not a lot of citrus and grapefruit IPAs out there. They are starting to become more popular, but this one is, uh, if I was stuck on a desert island, yeah. I'd want that. And I, I, could pro- I could do it year round. I'm sure we have quite a few listeners who are, uh, you know, beer nerds or, or scientists or uh, researchers. For those of us, that includes me, who aren't entirely knowledgeable on the process, obviously enjoy what you guys have, uh, but don't know the science of brewing. Tell us about your setups. How do you make different beers? And I mean, you could even start with something as as rudimentary as uh, the difference between brewing a lager versus a stout. Yeah, so most people know the basic two styles, lagers and ales, right? Uh, one thing that else we wanted to focus on was brewing lagers. So usually half of the beers that we have on tap in our tap room are lagers. So uh, you do find them out there. You don't find a lot of them, uh, at least from a craft brewery or a right. microbrewery, just because it is, it's longer, mm-hmm. right? With some of your lower alcohol ales, you can turn those in, in half or a third of the time that you can turn a lager. So you need more equipment and you need to, to, to your question, cold condition it uh, for much longer, right? So the fermentation time on it is longer. Ferment out all the sugars, usually about twice as long mm-hmm. as an ale yeast. And then you have to let it sit and condition for another anywhere between four to seven weeks, depending on, wow. on which one. So, uh, yeah, that is something that we do focus on as well are, are the loggers, uh, but it is very time intensive. Yeah. And how do you develop that consistency? I mean, that's a big part of opening up a brewery is, so. you know, that as your customers come in, they need to know that the Puffin Devil tastes the same as the one last Thursday, the one that's yes. coming Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Well, once you set that expectation, yeah. you better meet it every time, right? So. Uh, a lot of it is your equipment and figuring out exactly how your equipment is going to operate. Once you get that, then at least from that standpoint, okay, this is how my this is how my equipment, this is what I should expect from each time I brew, right? Whether it's from an efficiency standpoint, whether it's from your temperatures, and then secondly is honing in on on your yeast and your yeast management. Uh, so much of of what comes out of your final product is due to your yeast and how you handle your yeast and how you treat your yeast. There's a saying that, you know, a clean brewery is a happy brewery and happy yeast make good beer. So taking care of your yeast and understanding, locking in on your yeast strains and understanding how they're going to operate goes a long way for quality and consistency as well. And then there's even a science to serving these beers. You have the different glasses that you serve these beers. And once again, I'm sure some of our uh, well-schooled beer aficionados are going to already know the answer to that. But for somebody like me, but why is that? Is it an aroma? Is it a... It's accentuating a different part of any beer, right? So whether it's the brightness of the beer, uh, you want to display, you can you know, see through this beer, the clarity of it, uh, or if it's an IPA and you're trying to get the aroma you know, out of that beer, yeah, the different glassware, but also to go even farther than that, that you don't really think of when opening up a brewery is everything that happens before it actually comes out of the tap, right? Whether it's with the gas that you're using, regulators, everything mm-hmm. to actually make sure that you're getting a good pour in your beer that's not, you know, too foamy or, or not foamy enough, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, there's there's a lot to it to go from grain to glass. Yeah. A lot. And and speaking of not necessarily grains, but hops, I saw that you guys are even growing your own hops. Tell us a little bit about that. So yeah, we took on the the crazy idea to we put in about forty plants back where our folks are still living in the same area that, that we grew up in. Just outside of Roanoke, and uh, so they'll, they'll be down in Apex in no time, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, trying hard. <laughs> if he listens to this, <laughs> even trying to give a plug on that, but um, but yeah, so we put in 40 plants. Um, half of them were uh, Cascades, the other was uh, a Chinook. So they are uh, even 40 plants. A lot of labor. That's, 
it's a labor intensive process just setting everything up but it was uh it gave us gave us good knowledge as far as uh you know just the whole process of how the hops are grown yeah. when they're in season when it's when they're ready to be picked we've used them in a couple of the pilot batches that we've done that we released the some small batches there uh we also did it with a session ipa where we uh dry hopped with those hops yeah. you know, with wet hops that we that we picked off the vine so yeah we've had a chance it's not enough for us to to do a whole brew with but it, it's enough to add to it it adds our own our own ingredients that we grew to it so it's always an accomplishment for us plus it just gives us the whole knowledge of the whole how hops are grown the process behind that so it's uh it is tedious work but it's 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 great education and it's it's real fun at times i mean when you're picking them and you have all these awesome hops and at the lupulin, which is that gives all the main smell to all mm. the hops. It's just when you have them, you're like, all right, we did something good. So, and it, it makes for good pictures too. So, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's uh, it's been a good experience. Well, you guys are really ambitious. I mean, uh, you guys even serve something totally different from beer and, and make sure I'm pronouncing this correctly. Tell us about is it kombucha? Yeah, that- so uh, we're doing kombucha at the tap room. So, my wife, uh, she'd been brewing kombucha for four or five years now. So, as we were planning up the brewery and, and getting going and kombucha's a fermented green and black tea mm. so as we we're getting going she was getting a lot better with it and that's non-alcoholic uh it's got a little bit of alcohol so it like could have one percent one percent yeah okay. so it's not uh obviously it's not high alcohol right but it's, it's got one percent so as we were bringing it on you know it's another ferment it was another something else that we could add to add to the taps and add to yeah. our lineup you know it's, it goes with the fermenting of the beer so and there's a whole nother crowd of people that just the community that that like kombucha and they, and they seek it out. So we, those people are come to the tap room and we've introduced them to some of our our lighter beers. So they'll have a you know they'll have a light beer and then they'll have kombucha too. So yeah. it's uh it's been a good experience. So we're definitely happy to have it at the at the tap room. Yeah, when the devil's in the details on getting a brewery up and running, uh, I read a little bit about that and uh, and the trials and tribulations that that come along with that. But you're up and running now. Are you guys having fun? Yes. Having a lot of fun now. So um, now that we're there both full time, I mean, it's very stressful opening up. You know, both of us had full time jobs. I have a son. He has two sons. Yeah. So we have families. We have wives. You know, we're not independently wealthy. We And we did our best. It's, it's just us. So we plan for it and financially and time wise. But uh, again, I, I think Nate said it before. You know, just because we're getting ready to take on these all these other aspects of opening up a brewery doesn't mean all our other duties went away. So we're, right. We're still fathers, husbands, and working at other places. So, again, it goes back to time. So it, it was stressful, no doubt. But now that we're both there, Nate's been there since the summer, we're getting to put a lot more of our time into it. Right. So we're starting to really see the fruit of our, our labor. Yeah. And obviously, with opening it up, it was great. But now that we're both in there, it's it's going to another level for us. Yeah, no, he, he, he summed it up pretty well with that. Uh, biggest thing was time. But, you know, when you start any, anything up right off the bat, there's always a lot of little things that are wrong, right? And a little things that just need to be tweaked or improved upon. So since we're both in there, you're able to do that and truly start to to make it the way at least that you want to make it, right? So right, wrong, or indifferent, uh, you're able to put all that time into it. But yeah, it, from a fun standpoint, um, yeah, I being a brewer, so for the home brewers out there, you know that as a brewer, yes, everybody says, oh, you get to make beer, but you also know that you're essentially a, a professional janitor too, right? <laughs> I mean, you're just cleaning all the time. Um, but having it be your business, having it be your beer, uh, it's it's definitely rewarding at the end of the day. Yeah, and no, we won't get too far ahead of ourselves, but you guys are clearly ambitious entrepreneurs. Give us a window into the future, even if it's just another couple of brews you guys are working on or 
looking ahead to expansion or other projects. Give us a sneak peek into uh, what we'll see out of Southern Peak Brewery in 2017. Sure. Um, well, the, the quick sales pitch will be that we're always doing new events, uh, new beer releases. So we always post those uh, on our events page for our website, southernpeakbrewery.com, uh, along with Facebook, uh, Twitter. So we're always having some type of event going on. So really this year, seeing last year with the events that we were doing at the brewery and seeing the positive response we've gotten from the community, uh, we really made that a, a push at the end of the year to focus on that for this year. So whether it's our pop-up markets, bringing in local people from the community, you know, things like that, driving it through the tap room, uh, we'll definitely be doing more of those this year from uh, new brews. So we will uh, be doing a double IPA coming up soon. We'll have a barrel-aged beer coming up soon. Probably both those to be released at our one-year anniversary this year, April 15th. So starting to plan on that now. And then, well, from an expansion standpoint, we're going to continue to max out our current space as much as we can. New fermenters, new tanks, uh, some barrels, those sort of things. We'll also be uh, making bigger pushes as far as um, getting to restaurants. We'll have more tap space. That'll be a big push for us this year. And, and this area is growing so much. Wake County, it's huge, right? And even where we're at in the Southwest Wake, it's, it's a big area. So 10 minutes into Cary, there's a lot to offer over there too. That's kind of, that's going to be our focus. Make sure people in Cary 10 minutes away, 10 miles away, knows about us, knows that we have good beer. They want to come visit the tap room. And then uh, hopefully we'll be trying to make some plans for packaging too soon. Small scale packaging, but we're going to dive into it here soon. Excellent. Southern Peak Brewery is Apex's newest brewery. Exciting project. Where can people find your tap room, your brewery, and uh, where can they find you on social media? So our tap room address is uh, 950 Windy Road, Suite 100 here in Apex, about a half mile north of downtown, just right on the edge of the villages of Apex. So tap room, we got about a 600 square foot, 700 square foot tap room, outdoor area as well. And we're open Wednesday through uh, Sunday now. What are your hours? Hours on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, it's uh, 4 to 10. Friday and Saturday, it's uh, noon to 10. And then um, on Sunday, we're, we're 1 to 7.30. Follow Southern Peak on Twitter at? SP Brewery on Twitter. And it's uh, Southern Peak Brewery on Facebook. Nathan Poisson and Ken Mahalski, co-founders and owners of Southern Peak Brewery in Apex. Thanks for coming on the show and best of luck with the Neighborhood Brewery. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. Pleasure to be here. This is the Peak City Podcast. I'm Shane Reese. You can like us on Facebook. Just search for Peak City Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Peak City Podcast. Thanks for listening. Grab a pint at Southern Peak and we'll see you around town. Cheers. Cheers.